And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. As we say often in life, there's the next right step, which yes. is what we like to do most of the time. But every <laughs> once in a while, we find dog poop. And so we are just here to uh, help you try to avoid stepping in that dog poop. And uh, we're at the beach. In fact, if you missed us last show... This is actually part two of an episode that we are doing here. So it's actually hour two of this two-parter from Long Beach. Actually, I believe technically when Belmont Shore is actually on the sand here, but Long Beach, we could just look that way and see downtown Long Beach. And uh, you don't come down here too much, do you? Like when you go to the beach? No, I go north. Because I found, um, actually, I actually knew Long Beach and been down here a couple times, but I really started to like it, A, during the lockdown because it was the only beach that you can come to mm-hmm. and they would leave you alone. Right. Like, like as long as you didn't do what we're doing, you know, you can come walk the beach. They didn't care. Um, you know, if you want to sit for a few, you know, on a blanket, they didn't care. You know, other beaches you'd get threatened with arrest, you know, <laughs> at Long Beach, they yeah. never, they never really care. As long as you were responsible, you're away from everybody, took precautions, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, and it wasn't like a whole lot of people were out here, but you know, you were just responsible like anything we do. And so then as it started to kind of open up a little bit, some of the restaurants, we're opening. I think I went to uh, Gladstones before they closed again and had a great meal. And then I've been to a couple other places um, here. I know they've got all kinds of great uh, restaurants. I know a popular place, which you wouldn't think is kind of popular, but, uh, well, it is, but for different reasons for me, is Hooters. I remember we used to, with, when I was with KLAC, we used to have huge partnership with Hooters. And so it kind of grew on me. But uh, it was they one. They do of, have good wings, I will say. They do. They have good wings and they have great beverages. There's a couple beverages on the menu. And they're really good. And so um, being one of the few places at the time that was open down here, it was like, okay, let's just go check it out. And it was actually, like, really good. But, you know. And then, you know, the, the ladies, <laughs> that's, you know, if you want that All or not. Another conversation. Yes. But the food was actually pretty good. And then they have, like, you know, P.F. Chang's, if you like that, and the Chili's and Outback. One time I came down here and Outback had, like, a two-hour wait. Mm. Because, again, they're just using, at the time, outdoor outdoor seating. They do have a lot in this little area. I yes. noticed where, where we originally met um, to come down here. It's They do have a really cool area down here. It's I, nice. On they, Ocean Boulevard. Yep. And then um, and then if you go Pine, Pine's a whole other story where you have all kinds of eateries and mm-hmm. places to hang out and stuff. And, again, yeah. I think they've actually closed Pine Avenue, at least the last time I was here in that area. And they brought all their tables yes so you can sit outside Outside in the yeah that's really nice when they do that so again you know if you're in the long beach area or somewhere close by and you're looking to get out of the house for something um not a bad place to come because there's many uh, plenty of options many places to go and uh it's outside it's safe you know and and uh gets you out of the house it does yeah it's beautiful down here i live in an area where this is not as convenient for me to come so i have a tendency to go to Ventura, like to Oxnard, to the beach there. It's very quiet. Actually, this is nicer right here. I mean, there's more activity right here, but um, the the beaches in Oxnard are really nice, too. And the one thing, too, it depends on where you go and what your beach-going experience is like, but you know, if you've got small children, the waves here are very minimal. Very minimal. So you can go splash around in the water with real no threat of getting pulled out to sea. And uh, it's just a nice place, you know. Yeah, the only beautiful. drawback I would say is sometimes, but of course, you can see behind us if you watch last episode, and then as we watch this episode, you see the kite surfers, which or is so cool, kiteboarding. So you have to yes. have the wind. So yes. obviously, they're here for a reason. It does kind of get windy, so if the uh, wind is annoying, 
yeah. then this particular place might not be for you. But it's actually a cool place. And again, that's why we're out here. We came here a few shows ago mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, enjoyed it. And then we were finally able to get back here. And this is actually our 51st show that we're doing. So yes. we've reached that year milestone. And it's hard to believe. Hard to it's believe crazy we've that year. we just flew through that year. That went. In some ways, it seems like it took forever because 2020 has just been nuts. But in other ways, um, it went really. I can't believe where it's been a year already. And I still like you after a whole year. Hard to believe. Which is hard to believe. Most people don't get six months, <laughs> let alone a year. You made it a year. I made it a whole year. Wow. I'm, I'm on the list. Yeah. <laughs> must be that trust. It must That's be that the trust. trust that we were talking about. Okay, so right. last show or last hour, depending on what you want to be. See, we're here doing uh, basically a two-hour show from the beach, and we're splitting up over two episode podcast episodes. Yes. So, um, so thus, we're going to quickly review for your pop quickly quiz. recap because we have to get to that cliffhanger. Yes, yeah, so you left us with the cliffhanger. What was your cliffhanger again? My cliffhanger was that everything that you're about to review for us is the rubric, which you hate that word. I yes. love that word. Rubric. But it's the way, it's the litmus test, it's the red flag um, ceremony, it's a way to see, it's a way to discern tangibly, visibly, whether or not someone is trustworthy, um, either functionally or relationally. And so I left us with a cliffhanger saying there's something underneath that that is driving that behavior. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to tangentially <laughs> go find that. Because we're, we've got our bucket, we've got our shovel, we're going to dig in the sand yes, we and are. go deep. We're going to dig deep. Okay, so last episode, we were talking about trust was the overall thing. So last episode, we started out talking about functional trust. And functional trust is a pattern of behavior towards the completion of a task. A pattern of behavior towards the completion of a task. Basically, do you get it done on time? Do you meet deadlines? Do you follow the system? Do you obey the laws? Do you show up? That's how you build functional trust, and then there's ways to destroy it. But we'll focus on the positive right now. And then there was relational trust, which is a pattern of response towards others while completing those tasks. Uh, A pattern of response towards others while completing those tasks. And that's built up by consistently... And again, consistently was a key word, um, which I don't think we ever dwelt on the four. Now that I think That's about it, what we're going okay, to do today. the four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I yeah. found it. The four. <laughs> uh, the health. Okay, it's consistently for the healthy or the health of a relationship. Consistently keeps their word. Consistent demeanor in both calm and storm times. Consistently leads by example. Consistently takes responsibility. Is consistently respectful. And makes consistent attempts to always tell the truth. That's how you build it. And again, a person can uh, be consistently or consistently perform the tasks, meaning you can be functionally trustful or uh, trustworthy, but then you gossip about other people, and so you become relational untrustworthy, which means you're just untrustworthy, and vice versa. A person can talk highly of the other person but not complete the agreed-upon tasks, and both scenarios deem a person untrustworthy. So, again, we're talking about trust. We're talking about the fact that oftentimes we give trust away too much, and people say, man, I trust people too easily, and then I get you know betrayed all the time. And so this, if you go to her, uh, Tara's um, Instagram page, which is? At Tara Hoke Shiro. Then you can find these. Uh, the trust on her page and you can read through the uh, note cards that she has there and it gives you like a system I guess you could say if you really want to try to work on developing your trust system on how to trust right. people. So, you know, why are people constantly letting me down? Why am, why are 
Why can't I trust anybody? This gives us a way to um, discern behavior. It gives us a way to look at the red flags. What are the red flags? How many red flags are too many? Um, are there any that are just absolute deal breakers? So go back and listen to the to the last episode because we talked the entire hour on functional trust and relational trust. And then the slideshow, um, the note cards is on my are on my Instagram page. And then again, according to uh, Webster, which I like the definition, trust is a firm belief in character, strength, truth of someone, basically having confidence in someone. And so that was the definition of a trust that uh, Webster gave. And then the other uh, unsourced or uncredited quote that I liked was, trust is built and maintained by many small actions over time. And then trust is not a matter of technique, tricks, or tools, but character. Mm -hmm. And so that was just kind of a little basic foundation or a recap of what we talked about last hour. But again, go back and watch it if you really want to know. Again, we're here at Long Beach as we've got uh, activity going on around us, as you can see. <laughs> We've got uh, kite surfers or kiteboarding going on and the uh, water behind us and a bunch of other activities. Last episode, we had two Bob the Builders drive yes. by. Yes, <laughs> Bob the Builder go by and everything. So um, now to that stall. Yes. Okay, so one of the things that I noticed, which we you mentioned last uh, episode, but you kind of skipped over it, we never got to it, was four. Okay, so again, when you look at the stuff, it says um, in the relational is consistently for, and then for, F-O-R, was capitalized, consistently for the health of the relationship. And so the for, is that what we're delving into? Yes. I got my shovel. I'm ready to dig. Let's go. <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell you, um, see if I can do this without knocking my, my, I have a timer on my phone. That's why my phone's sitting here. Um, I am going to tell you a story or give you a scenario that we can all relate to. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. So let's say that the wife, this is a, something that we've all heard and something that we all deal with at one time or another, but let's say that the wife says to the husband, do I look fat in this outfit, right? So that's a loaded question. And so the husband has a couple of choices. He can say, he can, in his mind, he, he will have an answer, right? But he's like, should I say that answer out loud? I've got the perfect answer, by the way. Okay. You want to tell us or do you want me to, you want to wait until I tell you? Well, you go go ahead with the story, and then I'll tell you what my perfect answer is that will bail you out of everything. Bail you out of everything, right? In those scenarios. So there's a couple. There's a couple things. So the husband can can discern. He can look at his wife, and he can internally have an answer: yes, she looks bad in that outfit, or no, she doesn't. But he says, okay, you know, he's thinking like, what am I supposed to say, right? So if he says yes, that you look bad in that outfit, he might be in trouble. She might cry. She might. Um, get mad at him she might you know react and and you know no more dinner no more no sex that night nothing <laughs> nothing's going sleeping on. on the couch right sleeping on the couch thank you or he could say um i think that uh he could say no so he could say yes or he could say no right or there's also a third option so he has to be able to discern what she's really asking because if she's really asking truly, like, do, do I look fat in this outfit? Um, because sometimes we, like, I've eaten too many burritos. Sometimes I had too much sugar the day before. Sometimes, depending on um, the time of the month, I'm really bloated, right? And so I might really want to know because I have clothes that are my quote-unquote fat clothes. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. We have our fat clothes and we have our skinny clothes in our closet, 
right? Because our weight fluctuates all the time. So I might really want to know. And, and I might really want you to be honest with me because, because I really don't want to wear it if, it if it's too tight, if it doesn't look good, right? Or I might simply be, so, on, so I might be like asking for the truth because I really want to know and I'll change clothes and I'm fine with that. Or I might be looking for validation. So if I'm looking for validation, I don't care whether or not I look fat in the outfit. What I'm asking is, are you going to love me anyway? I don't say that. I'm saying, are you accepting me the way that I am in this outfit? By saying, you know, do I look fat in this outfit? So the husband, hopefully, when there's this trust built, he's going to be able to discern, is she asking for validation or is she asking the truth? Right? And so if she's if he discerns that she's asking for validation, he can say, um, I think that you look gorgeous. I love you. I love having you on my arm. I love you no matter what. And I'm proud to be with you. So he's not lying because she might she might look heavy in the outfit, but he's also telling the truth. He's also validating like, I love you no matter what. I got you. Like you're mine and I'm proud of you and you're beautiful and I'm really happy to have you on my arm. So they can so there's the two ways to be able to answer that question, but he has to the relationship has to be far enough along that he knows her and she knows him. She's trustworthy. She we have to become the woman has to become trustworthy in the way that she asks. So if we're asking for the truth, then we need to be ready for the truth. If we're asking for validation, then we need to say I realize that I look heavy in this outfit. I'm feeling embarrassed. Like, do you love me anyway? She can be honest and say it that way. So that way she's not putting the husband on the spot. So the whole point of this story is, is that we have to understand, number one, what it is that we are feeling. We have to be, we have to be trustworthy givers of information. And then we have to be trustworthy receivers of information. And this is on the relational side, right? And this is where it taps into four, the capital F-O-R, that we are for each other. So you want to tell your, your yes. answer before so, we go into the meaning of four? Okay, so before we get to the meaning of four, here's the quick solution. <laughs> Babe, do I look fat in these jeans? Do you like my new haircut? Whatever it is, the simple answer is, as I'm watching a kite come at us, um, the simple answer is, babe, I don't notice anything. I'm blinded by your beauty. See? Boom. Done. <laughs> Off the hook. Not on the couch. <laughs> getting dinner. All the other stuff. That's right. Boom. That's right. See? You- and that was the answer that that's like a validation side, yep. right? So you're not really answering the physical, but right. you're validating. It doesn't matter. I love you no matter what. Don't know Love nothing. having you on my arm. Yep, that's it. Don't and know nothing. It. Blinded by your beauty. Boom, move on. Right. And that handles anything. That and then, if that doesn't work, and she's like, no, come on, tell me, then I think it goes back to what you said then. And I'm kind of, you know, talking tongue in cheek originally, but it goes back to nothing. If you say something like that, and then it's like, no, no, really, really, then it's like, hopefully they're mature enough to know the answer is. Okay, yeah, you do kind of look chunky, maybe if you were something else. And then she, because if you've given validation, if that's what they're looking for, and then they want more, no, no, really, really, we're going out, how's this going to make me feel? Because right. you've mentioned before, at least at one point in your life, you'd walk into a room and you'd survey the room and look at what all the other women are wearing, 
and then kind of compare and judge yourself with that. Okay. Always guilty as charged. So <laughs> not healthy, by the way, but no. guilty as charged. So okay. So with that being said, <laughs> if that is what you're doing, then maybe you do want a legitimate answer to that because you are walking into a room, and if you have that syndrome, whatever it is, I don't know. You know, where you, where you judge people. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's called insecurity. A, a sickness, an illness. No. But if you have that or you, or you really want to know, or, okay, maybe you're going to go see some people you haven't seen in a long time, you know? Right. And, there's, and to be honest, like, there's certain clothes that make us look heavier and thinner. And so if we're asking the question... Yeah, so you may want to know. We just may want to know because some, some outfits that we put on are flattering and some outfits that we put on are not flattering. And we might just really want to know. Or, like, or one of the things we do is, uh, hey, does this look good as we do the podcast? Should I wear this? Should I wear that? I don't want, oh, you look great no matter what. It's like, no, you no. should wear this. No, don't wear that. No, put this color on. This will match my color or whatever. We're looking for an actual, you know, what should we wear? I'm glad that you said that. So if I say you look great no matter what, what does that tell you about me? Yeah, I don't know what that you have... Uh, Either high opinion of yourself or low opinion of yourself. Well, it's just, I'm not trustworthy, right? I got well, yeah. not. I can't tell you. I don't. You can't trust me to tell you the truth. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. I yeah. just. I just. I'm not able to. And and I. So that would be like a cheerleader. Like, oh, you look great mm. no matter what. Oh, you're writing a book. Yay for you. You're doing a podcast. Oh, that's so great. But um, <laughs> the bird was going to land on top of the camera. Like, yeah, I think he's is, going to. Honestly, this is like highly entertaining. This is oh, I wish you guys. Yeah, you can't you, see you it. Might this be able bird, to see is the bird is really going to like. And he was going to sit right on top of the he camera. Was. That was so he was going to do it. He was looking <laughs> to try to land there. But uh, and of course they're looking at us like, okay, we can't see the bird. I know, Move like, on. You guys are like smoking. Something. Move on, right? Um, but so, no, but it's true. So like you said, okay, hey, if if the you know. Should I wear this or should I wear that? Should I wear this color or that color? Or does this look good on me or it doesn't? And it's like that's important because I want to know. And if you throw out one of those, oh, you look great, well, then that doesn't help me at no. all. And no. it doesn't really help the situation because no. then, then it's like, okay, well, why am I asking you that? Right. Sometimes so, I do need something. Sometimes we, we do need the truth. We mm-hmm. do need to have something that, that – um, that we know so that way we can make an adjustment. And that gets into this idea of four. We're being attacked by the birds right now, by the way. I feel like I'm in an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Um, probably my snacks in my bag. Oh, are they're going to take your snacks. Them. That's okay. You can have them, guys. So, this idea of being four each other that's where that type of conversation and, and being able to handle the truth, like give the truth and, and receive the truth. That's this whole concept of force. So we talked about, you know, functional behavior is being on time, you know, being trustworthy to show up, you know, not have excuses. Relational behavior is how we treat each other while we are doing the task. And then when we're for each other, that's when that's the driver of the relational and the functional. That's what drives both of those. So what does that mean? So. If we look at our example, then if the husband is for the wife and for the relationship, number one, if the woman is, is, is for the relationship, she's not going to put the husband in a tricky situation because <laughs> it's true. not fair. Yeah, yeah, true. It's just not fair, right? So if we're really for each other, we're not going to put each other in a compromising position. Um, but we're also going to not let each other be embarrassed or we're not going to we basically we have each other's back and what that and the reason why this is so important is because this is the next um 
like project that I'm working on the next um, slideshow that will be up soon on my social media. Um, I mentioned in the last episode, Patrick Lencioni's triangle, the five dysfunctions of a team. And so the bottom, there's like five levels on this triangle. And so the bottom level is um, trust. And that's on the, so that trust is the foundation of every single relationship. And then the next level up is conflict. And so we have to be able to have healthy conflict. And then the next level up is accountability. And then the next level up is, um, oh gosh, trust, conflict, oh, commit, I'm sorry. Trust is at the bottom and then healthy conflict and then commitment and then accountability and then results. And for a team to function in a healthy way, you have to be able to have all those elements in the pyramid and the bond and the foundation is trust. So the reason why this is so important is because the next level up is conflict and we want to be able to have healthy conflict. And that sounds like an oxymoron because conflict is opposing views. That means that two people want something the opposite. Like I want to maybe I want to start the show at nine and you want to start the show at four, right? So, so there's a conflict there. And so we have to be able to work that out in a healthy way. So healthy conflict doesn't mean that everyone is just getting along and there's no problems. What it means is, is that we're going to discuss those opposing views and those opposing situations in a way that is for each other and for the team. So we're going to talk about it in a way that doesn't tear each other down, that doesn't send you um, to your room or, or to the couch or me to my room or, um, you know, slamming doors or getting mad or having hurt feelings or taking it personal. That means that, that we're going to talk to each other in a way that, that we have each other's back and that I'm going to bring out the best in you and you're going to bring out the best in me while we are having oppositional viewpoints. Yeah, and see, I think like you mentioned, with the if you're if you're a team, a couple, a team, and you're for that relationship, you want the the common good is going to be having a better relationship, having it go better. How can we improve it to get better? How do we advance it? How do we get more mature? And so that's like you said with the four aspect for it. And when you get back to that question, does these jeans make me look fat? The question I think would only come if it was a genuine answer being wanted back. Okay, I can't imagine somebody being in a relationship, especially a serious one, say, do my jeans look fat? Yeah, maybe you should wear something else to because we're going out or whatever. So I give an honest feedback. Actually, I, I well, my husband and I have been married 25 years. And when we went on our few last couple, what month are we in? October. So a month ago when we went on our, uh, we took a little anniversary trip um, for whatever reason. And I've mentioned this several times on the podcast. Um, that my body's like all over the place. So for whatever reason, that weekend, I looked like I was like four months pregnant. I don't know. I don't know if I was constipated. I don't know if it was my time of the month. I don't know if I ate too many burritos. I don't know. But I was, and I was really, really self-conscious because I'm like, what the heck is happening? It's our anniversary weekend. We're out the pool. Like we're doing all these things. And why am I like looking so fat? And, and I said something to him. He said, he said, and I was also like, I forget. Um, I don't know. I took some Advil or something. And, and he said, I, the way he could see my body posture, I guess. he was. That's, so he said to me, you're really uncomfortable, aren't you? You're really in a lot of pain. 
And I said to him, yes, but I'm also embarrassed. And he's like, why? And I said, because I'm like, I don't understand what's wrong. Like, I'm just so, and I'm just, I'm just so embarrassed. Like, I just, I'm so bloated. Like, I just, I'm like carrying all this extra, like, you know, I don't know, water weight or whatever it was. And like, I'm just really embarrassed. And so he did the right thing. He's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, I think you're beautiful. Like, you know, and he totally validated me. He's the man. He's a rock star. But we'd been married 25 years. So, I mean, we had, there's like, we have to know that we are still, that we have to know that we're for each other. Right. Because our, like, you know, my hair's great. Thank God tomorrow I'm getting my hair done finally after four months. <laughs> so I put it on like a, a kale can of brown hairspray today. Um, my gray's still coming through. But we're changing. Like, there's, you know, we get sick, we get ill, we, we, we're, you know, or sometimes our bodies are, are, um, deformed from accidents. Sometimes we have diseases that cause our bodies to do certain things. We're not appealing as appealing as we used to be, you know, just the regular physical changes. And we have to know that our spouse has our back. We have to know that we're for each other. So the physical is one way, but then there's like all these conflicts come with like finances and, and decisions on where to live and, you know, where we're going to work and what are the kids doing and, where are they going to go to college and how to, how to parent, how to, how to, um, you know, how to raise them? Like what, what system of rules, like one parent is, you know, very lax, like, oh, I'll just let them do it. It's fine. And the other parents like, no, 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 that's very, you know, it's bad. If they start building this habit, it's not going to be good. And so like there, there's this constant conflict when we're in a relationship with people, whether it's in a marriage or or at work or dating or neighborhood. And so we have to be able to have those conflicts in a way that says, I've got your back, right? And so like the money situation, if they're trying to, if we're a couple is trying to save money and one spouse goes out and like spends money because they're having a bad day and they need retail therapy and they like, okay, that's not being for the team. So there's this deep, like, so what is that? So is it the belief that my retail therapy is more necessary than saving money because we're trying to buy a car? Well, you take a look at the four, okay? So you look away, uh, last uh, show we talked about the way or how we can destroy relational trust, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you're for the team, then you're for the betterment of that, whatever the goals are, whatever the... Outcome we want. You want that thing to get better. Okay, so if you're going to be for yourself, okay, so one of the ways you destroyed relational trust is uh, you're for your for themselves. So mm-hmm. the person's for yourself. So I guess if you're out there for retail therapy, maybe that's more for yourself. Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side too, there could be an understanding that okay, maybe you needed that retail therapy or whatever, and so maybe then the other party, other person in the party, is understanding of that. You know, because again, one of the key things you said is consistently. Mm-hmm. So if you consistently go to retail therapy, then okay, maybe that's a problem and you're not for the team. Maybe one time you need it, okay? Uh, so, for example, if from a guy's perspective, one of the hardest things to do, especially, I guess, when you get into a relationship, is still go hang out with the guys, right? Okay, I'm going to go hang out with the guys. I'm going to go watch football. I'm going to go watch basketball. I'm going to go grab a drink at the local establishment, whatever the case may be. And then 
the 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 gal in the relationship is like maybe she doesn't like that maybe she wants you to stay home okay and so every once in a while it's okay for a guy to want to go do that because he's not consistently doing it but every once in a while he wants to get out with the house get out of the house be with the boys you know and be a part of that so again in in those certain situations you are still for the relationship but on occasion you want to be able to do something that might be for you um, and so I think that is okay. But in the long run, if you're always going out, always going out, always going out, then you're for the going out as opposed to for being home. You know, one of the most interesting things I've seen recently, especially in lockdown, but we used to have this mentality of going out, the the, the clubs, the partying, you know, what's the, the latest hang, cool hangout to go to? You know, one of the things that I really enjoyed before uh, lockdown was uh, – in uh, summer of 19, I went to New Orleans, and there I kind of really discovered kind of rooftop bars. They're really cool. So I came back to L.A. I never was Love really into <laughs> it. And I started finding a lot in L.A. that I really enjoyed. Okay. So then everything gets locked down. But our, our, our focus was going out, going out, going out. Then all of a sudden we get locked down. And then some of the memes that came out were, were of a couple embrace, maybe one holding the other on the couch, in bed, whatever. And it was like a night like this beats any night going out. Okay. So it was that relationship. So what is it that you're for? And so, yeah, you might be for going out and that's fun and all. But in reality, some of these people started to realize that it's better to be with somebody and be in that relationship. And they were for that. And so sitting on the couch or watching TV or cuddling up with a movie with that special someone that was better for them than going out. So they were for that. So, again, it came back to they were for the people or so, for the relationship as opposed to what you did. It's who you're with instead of what you do. Right. And I would say that it's um, the for is not on the surface. It's underneath the surface is what drives the behavior. The for is, it, is like, so, for example, um, you know, talking, you were, you know, we were talking about the finances. So. Or even, you know, going out. It's like whatever the relationship has, the agreed upon, the agreement, you know, there's consistent behavior in the functions like paying the bills or not spending, you know, there's consistent behavior in the relationship. So it's not like you can't ever deter from that, but then that's a conversation that has had, you know, between the two um, and it's, and it can handle that. If you do something to, like if like oh I just want to go out with the guys or I just want to go out you know if there's it's it's what comes first the team or you know the individual okay so one of the ways that you destroy relational trust is leads by do as I say not as I do yeah okay so if you are going to save money so we're going to save money save money save money okay but then you go out and you spend it. No, we need to save, 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 but you go out and spend some more. Save, 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 go out and spend some more. Then the four there, the underlining as you dig, the four isn't about saving the money. It's about going out and spending because that's what your pattern is. Right. You want other people to save the money, right. but you don't want to save the money. So the significant other then should save money and not go out and hang out with the guys because or go to the bar because we need to save those pennies. Right. Or meanwhile case, the other person's going spending. out and yeah. spending. So, right. So you've got a, a a four that isn't for the saving of money actually. It's just saving the money so I can have it to go spend. And then you start to realize there's a problem there. 
Right, and that's not being for the team. Right. Or right. if you are deflecting, okay, we're talking about relationships, okay, deflecting, blaming, making excuses, that comes up a big time, okay? So now if you are for the team, you might fess up and own up that, okay, yeah, I went and did, you know, retail therapy, but this is why. I had a really bad day. I was walking down Rodeo Drive, <laughs> and I saw Gucci, this really cool bag, and then Michael Stores had this really cool pair of shoes on sale, 50% off, so instead of $2,000, they're only 1000 It was a great deal, you know, and so then you start like, you know, okay, why did you do that? Maybe it's a one-time thing, you know, I don't know. And so then, well, I, I just, it was a moment of weakness, whatever. So you fess up to the fact that, okay, you maybe spend some money on your retail therapy. Well, then in the mature relationship, okay, maybe the, the guy then in this case is like, okay, I understand that that's fine, okay. But then if you continue to do that, make that trip down, you know, Rodeo Drive after work every night, maybe you should take a different route home. Because right. it becomes, that's what you become the four then. Right. So here's the, um, you mentioned, um, you know, someone, you know, derails and they do something different than what was agreed upon, right? And so they derail and they go, you know, have a retail therapy or whatever, or we make a mistake or, or something. Um, we have to trust the foundation of trust. We have to be able to be vulnerable and we have to be able to admit our mistakes. And um, if we can't do that, if we can't, and the reason, so it goes back to when I said we have to be a trustworthy giver and we have to be a trustworthy receiver. So if I make a mistake and, and, and I know that when um, I make a mistake that you're going to get really mad and you're going to yell at me and you're going to call me an idiot and like, you know, give me a lecture, like, why would you do that? And, and I told you and, you know, we've been over this. If I know that you're going to react in a way that is going to attack my character, then I'm not going to admit my mistake. I'm going to lie because I want to protect myself. I don't want to endure your wrath. So I might be a trustworthy person. Like I, I might be someone who's willing and able to admit my mistakes. But if I'm in a, in a, in a, any type of a friendship or any type of a work environment where my mistakes are not handled um, with grace, I'm not going to admit my mistakes. And then... If there's a mistake, I'm going to be like, oh, shoot. Okay, I made a mistake. Now this person's going to get really angry at me. So let me let me deny it. Let me cover it up. Let me blame somebody else. Let me do everything I can to avoid this person's wrath or um, the lecture or whatever. So then when it comes to conflict, so let's say, let's stay on the finances. So let's say that um, we have a budget. We've agreed on a budget for the show, let's say. And then um, I go out and I spend money on something that, and, and you say, okay, but, but the whole point was to save the money so that we could, you know, go on location or that we could buy this piece of equipment and now it's going to take us, you know, twice as long. So if I think that you're going to handle, if you're for me, that means that you're going to talk to me in a way that um, I might have consequences. You might say to me, okay, well, now you're going to have to earn this money. Because we did, um, I don't know, we sold X amount of t-shirts and we saved up that money. Now you spent it. So now you're going to have to pay that money back. That might be my consequence. But you're not calling me an idiot in the process. Or you're not um, attacking my character being like, shame on you. Like, I can't believe you would do that. Like, don't you respect, like, when we start giving people the lecture and start in with that, like, shaming behavior or shaming language, that goes, like, to the very core of who we are and it attacks our character and then it tells me that 
not only did I make a bad decision, but now I'm a bad person. And that's the part that gets, that's the, that's where it gets into being for somebody. So like if we're for the person or if we're for the relationship, that means that we're going to do everything we can to restore the relationship. We're going to do everything that we can to mend it. And we're going to bring that person back to a place of wholeness. And so even if we make a mistake, it's like, okay, you made a mistake. You, um, here's your consequences. You're going to have to pay this money back. So now you're going to have to go and sell 10 t-shirts on your own in order to pay this money back. And then we will, you know, buy the equipment at that time. So I still might have consequences, but we have a conversation in the meantime, like, okay, I don't understand. Explain to me why you would go spend that money. Explain to me why you would do that without asking first. Explain to me what happened. And then I would be able to tell you, but if you're not safe and you're just going to give me a lecture and you're not going to understand and you're not going to listen, I'm not going to tell you. I will not have that conversation with you. And I will be like, F you and we're done. And then we're going to be, there's, then there's going to be, and that's where like tension starts because now you can't trust me because it's like, okay, she said we were going to save this money and she spent it. So now there's a breach of trust. And now I also cannot trust you because I made a mistake. I feel bad about it. I wanted to explain, but now you're being a jerk and, and you're not letting me and you don't care what I, you know, say. So now I can't talk to you. And now if I have another moment of weakness or now if there's anything else, like I want a, a question that I want to ask you, I'm also not going to do that. I'm not going to bring a problem to you because you're going to give me a lecture. So it's like this so being for each other and being for the team means that we're going to behave in a way that not only restores the person back to a place of wholeness after they've made this mistake, but we're all going to restore the relationship so that mutual trust can come back to the, to the place. So not, so that means, so, so that goes on to the relational side. Not only is it just gossiping or not only is it just, um, the way that I treat you when we're doing the task, but, but we also have to get to a point where we're vulnerable and we have, because we all have questions. We all have weaknesses. We all make mistakes. We all slip and we're not truthful all the time. We're just not. And if people can't handle it, like we need to be able to be with someone who, um, knows all of our ugly knows our weaknesses, knows everything that we've, every mistake that we've done, that knows all the trouble that we've been in and, and loves us anyway. Like we can just be free to be whoever we are. We can just act because we're freed. Like this person loves me anyway, no matter what they've got me. And so I'm completely safe in there. And I know that if I make a mistake, they're going to help me regain my composure. They're going to help me get back my character. They're going to help me restore me back to myself in a way that is loving and it's, they're not going to abandon me. They're not going to reject me. They're not going to, you know, walk away. That's what it means to be for. So I'm reminded because I'm reminded of a, of a situation of a couple that broke up. And the reason I bring this up, because when you start to think about it, and you start to really delve into it. Like we mentioned before, people like to think trust is a simple concept. I trust you. You trust me. Hey, that's great. Oh, you did something wrong. Now you violated my trust. Oh, why do people take advantage of my trust? But when you really delve into it, 
like you said, you really got to get deep into it to really understand trust and develop that system. Mm-hmm. Because there's a couple that I knew that the the gal in the relationship left. And one of the reasons was because of money. I think they were living with a parent, which I know a lot of people frown upon that, especially younger people. Oh, I'm dating somebody or I'm with a parent. I should have my own place. Well, you know, rents are crazy expensive yeah. anyway. In so California, stay at home. They're crazy. Yeah, stay at home and <laughs> mooch off your parents as long as you can. Save the money. No, but so they were, they had some goals to maybe save money to get their own place and, and pay the bills, you know, and stuff like that. So they had, they had goals. So yeah, that's great. On the surface level, we had goals. But, she was telling me the story how he was spending too much money and spending money, not necessarily frivolously, but just on things that she didn't deem important. Right. Okay. So then as she's telling me the story, she said that's one of the reasons why she felt she had to just break away because they weren't seeing common ground in the finances, which is a huge thing. Anybody that's been in any serious relationship knows that finances is a big part of it. But then as I started to dig deeper, just out of curiosity, asking questions, you know, and stuff, I start to find out that... She was doing something similar, mm. okay, not necessarily frivolous, but just spending stuff on thing, money on right. things, right? Um, and he didn't really seem to care, you know. But she cared about him, and so then it started to come out as okay. She thought that, or she justified her expense mm-hmm. as okay, mm-hmm. even though she's kind of doing the same thing. But noticing that him, what he's doing and his expense mm-hmm. is not okay, okay. And so it's like now what? Okay, so that now you're going to leave. So, yeah. so now you're leaving the relationship, <laughs> yeah. but in reality, you are just as complicit right. because you're doing the exact same thing, but you deem it. And so that's why people have a hard time uh, when you talk about, you know, destroying it, you talk about blame. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to blame somebody else because they're spending money. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like that self-reflection. We don't have time to self-reflect because we're too busy criticizing and judging yeah. others. Yeah. When a well, lot of times... it's painful. Well, it is. It's painful. So, so there's... I didn't come up with this, but other psychologists, you know, will say this. That's called projection. So things that are ugly within, like, they will say, the the psychologist um, will say that um, when we are critical of other people, oftentimes the things that we are critical about in other people are the things in us that we are critical of ourselves, and it's too ugly for us to deal with. So instead of saying, oh, my gosh, I have a spending problem, Oh, we point our finger at the other person and say, you have a spending problem. When really it's, we're doing the exact same thing. <laughs> but what happens when you point <laughs> at somebody? Critical. There's four or five fingers pointing, pointing back. back at you. Yes, that's exactly. right. <laughs> but that's what it is. And so that's why it's important to, to have an understanding or to be, like have a structure, like we say, maybe. And in, to, and in order to figure it out, what can that structure be? This might be one of those ways to figure out your structure and not only look at the other person, but look at yourself too. So yeah, so I'm so glad that you gave that example because it, because this is the very deep, 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 deep in the basement part of trust, that, and that's like a perfect example. So here's a re, here's a couple who's in a relationship, and they want to you know be independent, right? Live somewhere else and not their parents' house. So she says, oh, he's spending money on things that he shouldn't be spending on, when in reality she's doing the same thing, right? But it's okay what she's because it's a you know, she rationalizes that her stuff is fine and his stuff is not. So if there's trust involved, they can put that messiness on the table and they can talk about it, right? When there's no, when, when trust is low, those type of things will break a couple up. But when the trust is high, then you can say, okay, the, the lady can, or the female can sit down and say, look, 
um, I'm agitated and I'm worried about our finances and we're really struggling here to pay the bills and I see that you're spending money on these things. However, I'm also spending money on these things. That's where the vulnerability is. That's where the being able to take responsibility and, and own up to our own part of it is. Because if we if we can own up to our own part, we can she can say, I see that you spent money on on, you know, X, Y, and Z and that's bothering me. But I don't want to be a hypocrite and I don't want to make it look like this is all you because I'm also spending money on ABC. So, you know, can we talk about this? Help me out here because I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I'm very anxious about the finances. And so what can can we look at the budget together? Maybe you can afford X, Y, and Z and I can do A, B, and C. Maybe we can. Or maybe you can have X and I can have A. But But something, I don't want to just like yell at you because then... That's not going to do any good. I don't want to just blame it all on you. But that takes a level of self-awareness. It takes a level of vulnerability. She has to under she has to be feel safe enough to be vulnerable and say, I'm being a hypocrite. I'm sorry. Like, this is what's going on in my mind. I'm just being a total hypocrite, and I don't want to be that way. So, you know, help me out here. She has to, in order for her to be vulnerable, she has to know that he's going to be a trustworthy receiver and he's not going to attack her and be like, are you kidding me? I'm spending this and you're agitated about it and, and you're doing this over here and you're really, you're going to sit down and talk to me about this. And then if he just starts, you know, chewing her up for lunch, well then they can't have that conversation and they will break up and then she's going to learn, I can't be vulnerable. I can't trust people. I mean, that's like a the wrong way to, to think, but that's what she's going to build in her mind. Like, I just can't trust people. And so if there's no vulnerability, then we can't move on. To, we can't handle that conflict. And then we're just going to break up. But see, you're dealing with a, a level of maturity that I don't think a lot of people can have. I mean, because it really takes a lot of maturity. It takes a lot of EQ, um, emotional yeah. intelligence. And, and I don't think a lot of people have that. And that's why I think you have a lot of people that have problems with trust and, and they're, they have issues with it. And they go back to the, oh, why do I always get taken advantage of why is my trust always or whatever the case may be because Mm -hmm. it requires a level that a lot of people don't get to like you said deep 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 in the basement and sometimes we don't like to because the addict is way better because that's where all the cool stuff is and then we just take it out every 10 years and recycle it and say hey this is cool grandma's addict type stuff but the basement is where everything is and i would say to that person because you've mentioned that a couple of times in this podcast in the previous podcast for people who feel like they can't trust anybody and for people who feel like, um, gosh, why can't I trust everybody? Everyone's letting me down. The person that is using those words are very oftentimes not trustworthy themselves. And they don't know how they don't know what trust looks like. Like if, if they're trustworthy in themselves, then they'll be able to spot a, um, a untrustworthy person a mile away and they won't go near them because they have that standard already within themselves. They already have boundaries. They already have standards. They already are truthful people. And so if they see someone that is not trustworthy, they'll be like, oop, nope, stay away. So the people that are saying, I can't trust anybody, nine times out of 10, they themselves don't understand and they themselves are untrustworthy in multiple areas. And they're looking for someone else to be the bigger person and they can't find it. We have to be the bigger person. We have to be trustworthy so that we attract trustworthy people. Unhealthy people attract unhealthy people. 
because it basically comes down to the fact that in the functional trust area, a lot of times you can have a lot of leeway. There are a lot of people I know that have worked in jobs where they get away with things because they can just get the job done at the at the bare minimum, and that's all that is not expected of them, but tolerated of them. Right. Okay, so yeah, you might be a little late, you might be a little lax in meeting deadlines, you might do some of these things that might prove you to be untrustworthy in that functional area, but it's tolerated because we need an employee or we need someone to do this you know, god-awful overnight shift, and at least we got somebody who 90% of the time is there. Okay. Or the boss is conflict avoidant. Maybe they see that the employee is slacking yeah. off, but they themselves don't know how to handle conflict, so they avoid it, yeah. they're avoidant, and then... And it so, continues. <laughs> so you can kind of slide that under the rug because there's a lot of things there. But where where it really hits home and has the most or wreaks the most havoc is in the relationship aspect, person to person. Right. Because that's then where you're dealing with breakup of relationships, yes. breakup of business partners, breakup of podcast partners because you're hoarding my money from selling my shirts, <laughs> um, you know, or whatever. And so then you have a greater kind of... Uh, cause and effect, more chaos because the ramifications of it are far worse than just kind of that work relationship. Yeah, I'm getting the tasks done, and yeah, the programs get on the air. It might be a minute or two late. Um, yeah, the commercials get played, but maybe not all the time at the right time, but at least they're getting paid. And so you're kind of, you know, doing that versus, okay, you know what? You're spending money, and I've asked you not to, and that's a problem. And I'm correct in my way. We agreed to save. I'm saving. I'm not going out and eating. I'm not spending money doing this. I'm saving those. But you're not, so now that's a problem. Or it's like, okay, you know what? You you like to go out with the guys, but you're going out too much, and you said it'd be once a month maybe, and now it's two, three, four times. Okay, now what? And what are you doing? You know, it can't be that fun. Well, it can be, but it can't be that fun. You know, going out if that's <laughs> if that's fine. more important to you than yeah. being at home with me. Yeah. Now there's a problem. Yeah. Okay, and so when you start to deal with the relational trust and those problems, you really have to dig down and you really have to get deep and realize, okay, this is what trust is and this is what we're talking about to really understand it because if you don't really truly understand it, it can create a lot of problems, right. especially if you're on two levels of trust, right. the definitions of two levels. Right. I'm at the surface level, but you're way down here, you know, basically in the earth's core digging away. <laughs> you're going to have troubles there too because exactly. those layers. Exactly. Yeah. And basically... It is. It becomes very complicated and, and it's more, it's just more self-awareness. It's more emotional intelligence. It's more maturity. It's more character building. We have to have it in ourselves first and then we can um, see it and spot it, the red flags in other people. And I'll tell you two um, quick stories because we are um, almost running out of time. But so my husband does motocross. And, um, for there, he did motocross when we first got together and then he hurt his back and he's like, Oh, I don't know if I should do this or whatever. And, and I was very controlling at that time. I'm like, I don't think you should be doing that. You know, that's just, you know, you're just taking too many chances. It's just too selfish or whatever. That was not a good me. That wasn't a good me. So later, many, many, many years later, um, now that we're older, um, he's five and a half years older than I am. So he's like 58 and he's riding motocross, loves it, loves, 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 loves it. But he started riding about five-ish, maybe six or seven years ago at my encouragement. So he was like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about getting a bike. What do you think? And I said, absolutely, go for it. Go do it. 
spend the money, go. And so he goes every Saturday morning. He goes out and rides motocross. And he comes home glowing, 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 glowing. And I'm so, and I love seeing him walk in the door. So he's gone every Saturday. He spent money on the bikes. Like, I, and I'm, I love it because he, it makes him, he, he's rejuvenated. He loves the thrill. He loves flying over the hills. Like, I, it's just so, um, fun for me to see him having so much fun. And so I encourage him to do that because I'm for him. And so sometimes we can, we can discourage people because of our own fears. Like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? You're so old. Like, are you kidding me right now? That's ridiculous. That's all about me. He's safe on the bike. He doesn't go over his head. He doesn't ride over his head. He, but he has so much fun. And I love the fact that he is fulfilling his soul, that he is just like having a blast out there, flying over hills, racing around a track. Like, what could be better than him being the best version of himself and me encouraging him to be the best version of himself? Please go. And that probably makes life a little bit easier for you, too, in some of those, because he doesn't hold that grudge against you for not allowing him to do something he yeah. enjoys. I'm like, go do Encouraging it. Encouraging it allows him to do it. And so then in, in turn, he comes back a better feeling. He does. And I also protect that time because, like, if there's a scheduling conflict, I'm like, oh, you need to go ride your bike. Oh, shoot. You didn't get to go last weekend. You, like, you're going to go ride tomorrow, right? And there's been a couple of times when he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to. I'm like, no, you need to go. You need to go. Please go. Go have fun. Go get on your bike. Go ride around. Story two? Um, I forget. Oh, okay, let's take a story. Okay, so here's one thing. I know we've got a few minutes. And this Senior is, moment, I forgot. This is a loaded question, but as briefly yes, as I'm you can answer. Yes, I'm looking at the time. Okay. So you have the relational, relational trust. Okay, so if it's functionally, if the functional trust gets violated and you become untrustworthy, okay, in a job, they can get rid of you. That's the solution. You're done. Okay, we can't trust you anymore. Goodbye. In a relationship, it become untrustworthy. A, can you get that back? And B, and this is the quick part, couple steps on how you can. Yeah, so we could do a teaser and say that's a whole other show. that's show three. Yep, yeah, that exactly. would be show three, right. but that's called confrontation. Confrontation is turning towards each other in order to restore the relationship. And so part of being for somebody is that I see that you made a mistake. I'm going to help you come back to a better version of yourself. I may have to, you may have to have consequences. We may have to, you know, rearrange a couple things, but I am going to do everything in my power. Number one, to keep myself safe. Number two, set some boundaries. Number three, we have to have consequences, but I'm going to walk alongside you and we're going to do this together so that we can bring bring the relationship back so it is possible but it takes work on both people and we have to confront not avoid and be willing to go through those steps because we all do it like we all like i there's things like i used to um order things and and it would be delivered and i would take it upstairs and put it in my closet really quick so that he wouldn't see the packages and then like a month later i'd wear something he's like oh is that new and i'm like oh this whole thing Wow. <laughs> you have a that PhD the, in deception. Right? But that's what we that's do. That's deep deception. That's deep, that's deep, deep, deep. That is deep, right? So he would have to confront me, like, but, you know, he would have to pay a little closer attention. And that's not, it's not honest on my part, right? But we do those things all the time. Right. We all think, oh, yeah, I, I tell the truth. I give change back at the grocery store. But will I order something and take it up in my closet before he sees it? 
okay, come on. Like, you can't, like. So I don't give change back we anymore. We all have breaches. We have a national coin shortage. Yes, so I we hoard do. The cord. <laughs> hey, so in a nutshell, to wrap it up, trust is something that basically has to be earned through small actions over a period of time. Yes. Two, there's a relational trust, which is basically amongst people. There's a functional trust, which is basically you doing a task, as in maybe a job, job description, something like that. And then also, in order to really fully understand it, you got to go deep because you have to be for that thing, whether it's the relationship, whether it's the job, whether it's the tasks or the people, in order for it to really work. And then if there is a violation of trust, you can work it out. It can get better, and you can earn trust back. Yes. But it's also a very delicate thing, and it's something that trust, the topic itself, should not just be freely flown around. It's something that you should really consider the topic and the conversation of trust and really work it out in yourself. How can I develop a system where I can trust people and give them trust, but then also be trustworthy myself, Mm -hmm. and then in this whole thing come together and have a trust Circle. The circle of trust. That's what it is. It's the circle <laughs> it is. of trust. It's the circle Jack of trust. Jack had it right the whole time. And if somebody cheats on you, do not let them back in the house until they go through a whole bunch of stuff. And that's a whole other topic, but do not do it. Circle of trust. Hey, we are uh, Two Steps Head Podcast. We are at the beach. Long Beach is where actually I think it's Belmont Shores would be uh, really particular. Very, uh, it's Claremont. Does it? Yeah. I think the signs at Claremont. And so uh, we're out here anyways. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed these uh, past two episodes. We've thoroughly enjoyed being out here. Yes. Uh, you can find us, Instagram, at Two Steps Ahead Podcast, T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Click the link in the bio. Options come up. Swag Shop, YouTube, all the different places where you can hear the show, SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, Apple. Or you can just Google Two Steps Ahead Podcast, T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead Podcast in Google, and we pop up. You can find me on Instagram at Edem Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, all kinds of uh, pictures and stuff there, content. Same thing, link in the bio. Uh, check out RadioWarp.com. We're there every uh, Monday and Wednesday at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time. Plus, there's other great podcasts there, great music, and uh, you can take the app, download the app, and take it with you. That's uh, Radio Warp app on your app store. And uh, check out RadioWarp.com. And they can find you. I am at Instagram at Tara Hoke Shiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. I'm also on Facebook. Um, and on my Instagram, there is a link there as well. You can go to my website, check out my blog. And um, there's a video library of all the podcasts that we do and also the swag shop for the T-shirts, um, et cetera. We are Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Highline the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. Be kind. Don't be an a-hole. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.